Hello, and welcome back to the One Step Paintball Podcast. I'm Chris Cole, your host, and tonight we've got a local Oklahoma player, uh, David Blanchard, with us, and we're going to be talking about uh, his views on the sport as well as uh, what everybody should be putting into their gear bag, because I know everybody's got different opinions on this, but there's definitely some some must-haves on that list. Um, I'm going to gush a little bit for a moment. I have known David for a long time, and one thing I haven't mentioned on the show is that paintball teams are like biker clubs. Everybody gets a nickname, and they're not always usable in public. Uh, David's real name is Dirt. I didn't know his actual birth name until we played together for about two years. Maybe maybe longer, right, Dirt? Yeah, uh, I don't know. You had to ask Chuck. Yeah, I literally uh, was injured against in a tournament, and I had to call our coach to get uh, Dirt's real name, and I could hear the disappointment in Chuck's voice <laughs> over the phone. Um, but uh, yeah, that's back back in our, our fabulous days, and then when when Dirt joined uh, the Bricktown Bucks before I did, uh, he got called David for like three weeks, and then I showed up to practice and called him Dirt, and it was over. Yep, no, nobody uses that name anymore. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, we're pretty sure David is his nickname and Dirt is his actual name. Right. When people recognize me in public and they're like, oh, hey, Dirt, I'm like, who said my real name? Because <laughs> right, nobody right. says that in public, so. Right, who, who, who busts out the government name? Yeah. All right, so, uh, like I talked about in the first episode, I've got this list of questions I'm going to throw at people. I forgot to do it to Josh last episode, so we'll bring him back later and grill him properly. All right, Dirt, you're ready for the 12 questions? Yeah, let's go. What was your first playing experience? Um, so I can remember the exact day and uh, oh my year. Yeah, it was it was April seventeenth, uh, and it was two thousand and one. Uh, because I had just turned ten, and it was at a friend of mine from uh, middle school's birthday party. Uh, we got to play at Dodge City Paintball. It was the very nice, first time nice. I ever played. I used a you know a Tipman ninety eight rental gun, mm-hmm. um, and I got shot a whole bunch, uh, especially by the kid's dad. I remember that. And um, man, I was just like, I have to do this again. I started looking up guns, started looking at all this stuff, and just was obsessed with it from that minute on. Nice, yeah. Uh, I talked about first episode about shared experiences about how many of us that 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 story describes a large number of us that we we did it we got snake bit and then we started figuring out how to do it again um and, and i think that describes so many paintball players regardless of, of what type of paintball they play uh so you've already told us you, you've been playing since 2001 um so what was the first marker you bought yourself uh see the first marker i I think I got, I somehow conned my parents into getting me. It was a view loader something. What I, they gave them such weird names. It was a spider clone, basically, right? That was but the, the first Triton thing or the one that was even had. worse than that. Uh, I think it was the Trident. It was, it oh. was the view loader Trident, I think. Yeah. And you kept playing after that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, that's, that's impressive. Um, for those of you that don't know what a view loader Triton is, it's a spider really, really dumbed down with more plastic that should be in. I mean, I have action figures with less plastic than the Vuelator Triton has. Um, Google it, laugh, and realize that uh, that was actually a legitimate starter marker back in 2001, 2002. Oh, yeah. It was, oh, man. Yeah, yeah. It was bad. It was green. Uh, it was dust green. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, uh, whoo, 
man, it was yeah, no vertical good. adapter, no no foregrip. I think I've got one in a in a tub out in my storage. Yeah, um, I'm was... just gonna give it to you for nostalgia's sake. <laughs> there you go, right? Yeah, it was it was real <laughs> bad. Uh, and I think after that, my first electronic gun was a black dragon. It was also a spider clone, but it had no oh gun yes, on it. yes. Um, I got that like maybe two years later. Yeah, yeah those things either worked really really well, or they were total doorstops. Mine was a doorstop. <laughs> I, yeah, I got sounds doorstop. right. So. Okay, so your your buddy on the birthday is who got you into the sport. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I think I know the answer to this one, but I'm going to ask anyway. Um, and I'm going to tell you what my guess is after you answer. Okay. Um, what's one piece of equipment or marker you wish you'd never gotten rid of? Oh man. Okay, so I have three answers for this, which is crazy. Oh my. Okay, yeah, hit me. But one is my DM5. It was the first like really high-end gun I got. It was <laughs> super cool. I loved it to death. Um, but at the time that was like egos had just come out and stuff. And I want to say I traded mine for like a stormtrooper ego, which is probably one of my other answers because that stormtrooper ego was dope. It was really good and it shot amazing. Um, for years I rode that thing till the rails came off. Like, I mean, I shot that gun until it basically fell apart in my hands. Um, I loved it. Uh, and then the other one is my Storm G6R, my Texas Storm G6R. Yeah, yeah, Storm G6R was my answer to the question. Uh, see, I, for some reason, I was thinking your your ego was a dark trooper, not a stormtrooper. You know what? It was a, it was a stormtrooper, but I got a heart swap on it. Is why. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, that was actually my like, guess was that was that yeah. ego because I remember that gun. It did not look like a stormtrooper because I had the purple camo um, accent parts. Oh. So it did not look like the Stormtrooper. It looked real weird. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know the answer to this one, and I'm really looking forward to yours. Uh, what's your favorite marker of all time? Oh, wow. Uh, so that's a really... My favorite marker of all time. There's a lot of things in here. Um, I will say, if you asked 15 or 16-year-old me... Uh, my favorite marker of all time would have been the like carnivore autococker because I was just like, oh, this is so cool. And then I got a DM and I was like, never mind, this is the greatest gun ever. But uh, <laughs> right. I got my DM5 when I was like 16, I want to say. But uh, I worked so hard to afford that gun. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, but then uh, I really love the SFT shockers. Mm-hmm. I don't know why there's just something about them that just speaks to me on a weird spiritual level. And I think that is probably, if I just, if, if I was like, if you were like, Hey, you can, we're just going to hand you an old gun and we want you to play a tournament with it. I'd be like, give me one of the like naughty dogs, SFT shockers. Oh yeah. I want that. Yeah. There, there's something about a dialed in SFT. I mean, I can't shoot one because they get like six pods on a, on a high efficiency <laughs> bolt. Oh, no. uh, I mean, my 88, I might be able to squeeze it to seven. Um, but once you get that thing balanced out and, and you learn how it shoots, yeah, those in the SFT and NXT shockers are, are they're flat, man, and they just they're nail drivers. Um, this is also going to sound like a super shameless plug, but my DSR Plus is fire. Uh, caveat I am sponsored by Die because I play on the Bucks, but my I love mine. It's it has like been just I've tuned it, I worked it up. For people who don't know, which probably everybody, I'm one of the die techs for the Bucks as well. And so I've spent a lot of time kind of working on this thing and it shoots so money. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I, I'm going to make a, a, an admission. 
on the podcast. Um, and I hope you're sitting down when you hear this from, from me. Um, I'm contemplating, because uh, I, I bought, for those of you that don't know, I bought one of the, the free flow DSR pluses, the trick. So I'm waiting for that to come in. Um, I'm contemplating the, keeping the DSR plus I got with our sponsorship package and selling my Geo 4. Oh, man. That's, that's, listeners, that's a really, really big deal. Right. Because that Geo 4 is money. You've shot it. Um, yep. I've shot the heck out of it. Uh, it was, I think it was a team loader gun last year for the, for the D four and D five lines. Yeah. That's how I got to um, shoot it. <laughs> right. Right. Um, and it, it shoots amazing. Uh, it's just first time I get to shoot my DSR plus it, it leaked a little bit out of the box and that was not really out of the box after I played musical frames from the Mac and the electric. Mm. Um, and that's probably an operator error because nobody else has had that problem. Um, yeah. But even with it leaking slightly, I was winning gunfights and getting shots that I don't normally get. Uh, so the DSR Plus is, yeah, shameless plug. Yes, we are sponsored by Dai. Um, but honestly, if you're in that market and that, that bracket of money, look at that marker. Yeah, There's other uh, great choices in that bracket, but that DSR Plus, shoot, it punches above its weight. Yeah, I have not had a gun that to me when i like got it in my hand just without doing anything at all to it i was so happy with when john hubbard had the one that we were kind of lonering to test out when we were kind of right. working out the the P, the t's and c's on this uh the deal and i was just shooting it i was like uh you guys are gonna have to find a different gun for everybody else to try out because i'm gonna just shoot this until somebody takes it from me <laughs> you know a, a lot of especially mid-range and high-end uh, a lot of it's the the ergo that you just pull it in your hands and it just points the way it's supposed to and i don't know what it is about the dsr and dsr plus but the ergo on that is just on target instantly yeah i just feel like i get such good shots with it and like my 3.5 was great and i really liked sure. i had a geo 3.5 before that i really liked it it shot awesome it did what i wanted it to do but i feel like my precision with the dsr plus went up um and i just i just like the gun a lot so it is and it sounds silly to say you know because when we talk about favorite markers of all time it sounds silly to say a current one but man dude it is it is really good and i really like it yeah that no it's good. a it's a great marker again if you're if you're in that bracket that thousand dollar bracket and you're looking for a marker like i said there's other good choices but the dsr plus is probably still what i go with let me rephrase that it's what i go with um because it shoots so good and yes we Dirt and I were never die fanboys. Uh, we both owned die guns, but we were we were committed PE guys, like ride yeah. or die PE guys. Basically, and, once the ego came out, I was on right. board the the Planet Eclipse train. Yeah, I mean, I've been shooting Planet Eclipse guns since I got my ego ten. Yeah. Um. So yeah. All right. Let, let's stop before we gush about the. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll just talk <laughs> about, about that gun all night. Uh, what's one thing you'd like to see brought back into the sport? Um, I, you know, I, so I, I, I will say I listened to your other two shows and I'm going to agree on one thing is that the sportsmanship award, but not for like sucking, not like the wooden spoon style sportsmanship award. Not right, like, right, Hey, yeah. you showed up and did the absolute worst. Here's your award. Um, right. because I feel like that, that just being personable and saying good game and just being a good, solid competitor, Mm -hmm. kind of gets overlooked in this sport. And I, I, I don't ever want to take anything away from the competitiveness of the game. I want to go out there and I want to smash people, but I also sure. want to be able to be polite in the pits. Absolutely. And, um, uh, yeah. So I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. It, 
you know, you also have to give out those sportsmanship shout outs that, you know, somebody runs through and has a chance to light somebody up and just puts two in their pack because it's unnecessary. You know, that gets, that gets almost vilified these days because there's this stupid concept of big paintball violent again. No, man, take the shot. I mean, if you need to put somebody in the crowd because you don't want them to spin, that's one thing. But if they have no idea you're there, put two in the pack. Yeah. There's just no need. Or at least, you know, get them like in, in the actual back area. You don't need to put 10 in their head. Oh, um, absolutely not. Yeah. I came up when paintball was violent. Like that was yeah. the culture. And I came oh, up for sure. and it was, you walk people off the field, like you put as many shots on them as you could. And every, we had parts of practice were just getting shot because you just mm-hmm. had to be used to it. And we were, it was uh 15 uh, balls per second at the time. And then it went down to 13, five and then 12, five. But even with those, it like that level of the, the cap being high, just made it easier to be extra violent. It yeah. was not a symptom that, oh, the cap is so high. So people are overshooting. No, it was still just intent. And absolutely. That, that was bad for the game. It was bad to bring up new players. It was bad to uh, try and get any kind of retention because people just left because they didn't want to take that kind of punishment. And now like the old heads who've been in the game for a long time and lived through that era, we're all like, yeah, dude, I can take anything, but also think of how many other players we'd have right now. If that wasn't the bar to clear. Right. It, it, and maybe it's because I switched to mainly uh, scenario play, but I'm all about give the energy back that you receive. Yeah. Right. If somebody's one balling at me, I'm probably going to one ball back at it. If somebody sends a stream of ramp my way, have a nice day. Um, you know, if somebody walks me off the field, I'll get them next time. But if it's, you know, courteous, you know, if you smoke me because you pop out of a bunker, I didn't know you were in, I'm probably going to give you a fist bump or a high five on the way off the field. Oh yeah. And I I think there's totally room for that in this game. Like I'm going to be a ruthless competitor on the field, but that doesn't mean I have to like damage you. Right. Uh, It's like football. It's like football, right? Whistle to whistle. You're trying to embarrass the other guy, but once that whistle blows or the buzzer goes. Yeah. Yeah. We're back to not trying to kill each other. Yeah. I always say like, you keep it in the nets. Right. And as long as I can be, uh, I'm a totally different person in the nets, but uh, once once the buzzer's gone or one's over, that stops. All right. So, how did you get roped into competitive play? Um, man, I think I was like doing research on paintball, and I saw that there was like pro paintball, and I was that's cool. And there was a <laughs> tournament at Shaggy Bros, which is uh, I, I guess it was Adventure Zone, which was owned by Shaggy Bros, which is now Avid North. Um, and it was a pickup event. It was just three man and it, they were just going to assign players basically. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to go out there with my view loader triad, my jeans and my chucks and I'll just play. It'll be fun. And we got third place. I got picked up with, uh, you remember John Hoffman? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. He was, he was my experienced guy on my team and I played with him and one other guy and I had a blast. And so then I like was talking to my friends in high school. I was like maybe 13 or 14. I was a freshman in high school. So guys we got to do this and like we got to make a team we got to make like a school club so i made the, the putnam city pirates uh school paintball club i got i had to jump through a whole bunch of hoops to get that done uh got a sponsor for it uh, shout out to mr flinton one of the best teachers i ever had that guy was great um uh, and you know i just like 
I was the roper. I got my friends into it. I was like, no, you, you guys are playing turn of the table with me. Like we're doing this. I like got all the videos. <laughs> I got like Durder, trauma head, um, you know, serial killers, push Sunday drivers, everything I could get my hands on. And I just watched them over and over and over. And then when dynasty dissected came out, I was like, I'm going to watch this until my eyes bleed. That was it. it I was just done. I was hooked. It was that like hyper focus. Yeah. You can't get rid of me now. Heck no. All right. Uh, what's what improvement you'd like to see to the sport? Um, man, there's a lot that I think could be better, but some of it is not necessarily viable at this time. But I think one of the things is we need to be able to treat our athletes like athletes. And what that I mean is I would like to have a way that we're not just cramming everything into one weekend tournaments where we get real solid prep time and set up a system kind of how like, you know, baseball, you travel and play at different places. You have series, you have whatever. If we could set up some kind of thing, baseball, basketball, hockey, like a legit season where you travel and play at actual places and X ball matches are like a thing. You're having the one match and it's going to be a thing. And you could even have a series of matches, but it's, it's what we do today. And it's not just ramming ourselves into the ground repeatedly over the course of a four day weekend, um, because then we're going to actually get to see, I think the full potential of certain teams. If we can get these guys to be able to perform at this level and only have to worry about playing paintball, not also the real job, not also the logistics of getting to Florida or Las Vegas for a four day weekend, but also two weeks blocked out ahead of that to do layout practice or one week, however long the layout releases. Um, and I don't know how to do that, but that is the thing I would love to see done to make it possible for us to really up the way the sport functions. Absolutely. All right. Uh, I think I know your answer to this one, and I might need tissues. Um, what's your favorite paintball memory? Oh, man. Yeah. So uh, I have two, but one I'm going to say first because it's the one that might make you cry. It is. At kicking this year, uh, I, I played drop down for the D5 line. I was going to help those guys out and really try and bring like a solid kind of like veteran presence to that lineup. And what ended up happening is these guys played out of their shoes and we won it. We didn't drop a match. We played amazing. Those guys did great. Um, you were calling plays. I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it. But it, and I have never won an event. I don't think I've ever actually won like anything really solid competitive. I've caught top eights and things. I've come in seconds, thirds. I have a closet full of second and third place medals that I call my closet of shame. And getting this win was something totally different. At the beginning of the year at Kicking, an event that I've been playing at since 2007, I want to say was my first Kicking. I've been playing at this event for a long time. It's a story like back when it was in the rodeo arena, mm-hmm. it is a, it is a long standing thing. Like winning that event with you there, with John Hubbard there, with Chris Davis there with my like bros, like granted, Chris was, you know, being our pit and John was helping us pit. They weren't on the field with me, but you being in the pit, like coaching and you were the first person I looked to. We won. I screamed so loud. I couldn't breathe. Like my voice was just gone. And I was just beelining to get to that sideline to give you the biggest hug I could possibly get. I had 
at Cam's gun because I was shooting hot right before we went on that point. So I grabbed his DLS. I just dropped it on the ground. Sorry, Cam. And he just ran over to you and gave you the biggest hug. And I think that was right up there. I just wish Adam could have been there for that one. Yeah, that, that would have made the it. Fab crew yeah. was still in it. And that would have meant so much. But it already meant all it could mean. Like, it was great. No, that... Uh... Yeah, no, I mean, I, I delivered a couple of hugs because I was waiting for them to, to save the field. Um, but yeah, uh, for sure. I mean, yours was the hug I was looking towards most. And once I could step on the field, I didn't see anybody else. I was going right for you because um, we had been through so many practices, so many heartaches, so many bad performances um, <laughs> that it's so many freaking second places that it was just, I, I had to step away to compose myself. And I know you did too. Oh yeah. Um, and, and then to realize that we went up to a tough tournament with a tough draw, got a tough place to play because the acoustics are weird. The lighting's weird. Tim does everything he can, right? So it's a great, it's a great venue, but it's not yeah. like anything you're used to playing in. Yeah. And indoor is never going to be the same as playing where we're used to. Right. It, it's just right. not uh, any indoor field I've played at. Like granted kicking is the nicest one I've ever played at, but any indoor field I've played at is just different by the fact that it is inside. It does mm -hmm. have the weird echoes. It has the, the flaw, the of, white netting and the white paint. And yeah, being inside makes it tough too, because no matter how good your lighting is, it's still not sunlight. Right. So, but um, yeah, it, it was, it meant a lot. It was great. And we like had realized two that, D5s. Like, yeah. very rarely do you come, like, we had two D4 drop downs. It was myself and Ryan Childress, which is, you know, the amount you're allowed to have been. Basically, everybody else on that roster was true D5, except I think right. Cody may have been at D4 at one point and then ranked down, but everybody else in that roster was true D5. Winning a D5 yeah. event with actual true D5 players is not something that happens. And to uh, have three Oklahoma teams on the podium. Oh yeah, um, us dude, was, and Tulsa Saints was pretty great. That was awesome. Um, and when we realized that it was going to be an Oklahoma podium, regardless, um, I think, or we had a chance of a full Oklahoma podium. I think every team went for blood at that point. Okay. And so the, the semis match with Speedwagon and the finals rematch with Saints, um, those were Smash Mouth back and forth aggressive old school Oklahoma paintball. Yeah. We really, uh, I, I don't know. We really kicked it into another gear for the semifinals and finals, which a lot of times, you know, that's when you're the most tired. That's when it's hardest to like summon the spirit, I guess. Right. But, Especially when we had the, we had the buy and I always worry about that. Yeah. Especially when it's, when it's colder, right. Cause you have a chance of stiffening up and, and muscles getting, getting tired or pulling one when you start moving again. Um, and with, with Jake's, Jake's ankle not being 100% and, and everything else. But, yeah, yeah you're right. We, we hit the, the semis, and we just found a new gear. Yep. It was something else. Everybody on that team was ready to win that day, and it showed. And it, you, could, you could feel it. It was great. All right. Uh, last question. Then we can get to the joy of packing a gear bag. What does the sport need to grow? Uh, well, so the – like hand answer is oh, it needs help from other industries so that we can push the sport. Uh, but I think that's too simplistic of a view. I think mm -hmm. we need to hit a point where the people inside the sport all can mutually agree to grow in the same direction. Cause I think what For happens sure. is you have 
companies that are worried, obviously about their bottom line, they have to their companies, but right. so much so that it ends up putting a, a hindrance on where the sport can grow. Like it, it sets an artificial ceiling because it can only grow as big as these companies allow it to be, or as their infrastructure allows it. And without the level of infrastructure and competition from having multiple big companies, whereas, I mean, there are multiples, but they're not all that same giant size. You don't have, there's only one GI. Okay. They hit every aspect of the game. Right. And if you want stuff, GI is great to get stuff from, but it also puts this weird cramp on the industry as a whole sometimes because I remember when it was pro caps and when it was, uh, you know, Titman was their own thing. And when empire was distinct from all these other things. And, and I felt like at that time, that was the booming golden age and you know, oh, yeah. inverted commas of the sport. And when there was just growth, insane amount of growth. Uh, and I don't know if it is directly related to that. There were just so many companies doing so many things sure felt like that gave us room for more room for innovation. Uh, more room for people to just do their own thing and try and build the sport with that. Um, but as a whole, I guess it is, is everybody needs to get on the same page and push in the same direction. Yeah. You no, know, if Agreed. we want the sport to grow and we want it to become more mainstream, we need to find ways to do that. We need better entry level things like and not just, not just equipment, but events. We need better support for local teams because one of the things you run into and that always happens is it's really easy to get a D five line together. It's really hard to keep a D5 line together. Then once right. they're D4, if you can keep them together, uh, once they kind of rank out of D4, they have nowhere to go, locally speaking. Most places in the U.S., once you're into D3, you're kind of out of places to play that aren't national events, and they are prohibitively expensive. So that squad that you worked so hard to keep together through D5 mm -hmm. and D4 falls apart once you hit D3. Right, and, and you have so many, so many teams that build a line and that's all that they want to build uh building a program is hard yeah. it's really hard and, and we're lucky that the bucks has turned into a full-on program and i'm gonna keep talking about the bucks because it's kind of a dream come true for a lot of us it um, is what i always wish i had um right i will say it's, my i do have a second favorite paintball memory that i want to share real quick because we're talking about the bucks and right. that is the day i texted john that i wanted to come back and play and I was like, hey, John, I just kind of want to play. Like, is there walk-ons where he, he just said, show up at South at nine. And so I did. And the Bucks were practicing and they just let me hop on. None of them knew me. Uh, we I played against a lot of these guys back in the day, but we didn't know each other. Right. And I played with them and they were very inviting. And they're like, hey, yeah, you come back next time or whatever. And they were super nice to me. And I kind of helped out and did some stuff. And Ryan Powers walks up to me and is like, hey, man, uh, are you doing anything? Because we need like one or two guys for a D5 line. Do you want to play a D5 line next month? And I was like, sure and then i've been a buck ever since like they can't yeah. shake me now no no um the the atmosphere and the energy uh is so welcoming and uh you know chris and, and ryan and and the og bucks that started that i don't think they could have envisioned what beautiful thing this has morphed into um but i know they're all happy with it uh yeah. and the fact that i was welcomed into the family and just pulled right in um and that's pretty much everybody's story right they, they came out to a practice in whatever uh capacity they're going to help in right whether they're going to play or in my case coach or you know be a practice body or whatever um everybody gets pulled in and it's just love and respect all around it's it's hard not to feel at home in a, in the bucks pit 
Yeah, like, exactly. It, it's such a welcoming, warm, and fun place. And anybody who walks down there and is just trying to get games in, we try and make it so that, that is going to be the best games they're going to have. And they're going to want to come back and they're going to want to play with us some more. And I, I don't even think it was intentional. It's just the way those guys are, like the OG Bucks are. Mm-hmm. And it is spread to every facet of this organization. And I, I'm so thankful to be a part of it. And I think all of us have heard John say, get in where you fit into somebody when they, were, when they came out to a practice. And I think we've all adopted that. Yep. You know? where you fit hey, in. dude, you've been standing there for a minute. Go, go jump on a line. We're going to spin yep. here. Here, take my spot. You know? Um, it is. Why is I don't know how many times I've seen a walk-on go, man, I, I've only got like two pods. Here, have a pod. Go. Get some. Yeah. And that, that is a thing about paintball, I think, that especially when you find the right the right group, when you find people who are just, they're there for the game, uh, they will do whatever they can to get you to play. Absolutely. When I came back, I had uh, just gotten a Shocker RSX, and there was a bit of an issue with it. And John was like, hey, man, I'll fix that. Take my Vanquish. Go play. I hadn't seen John in like six years. He just hands me his gun. He's like, go shoot people. So. That's, that's the other thing I love about the sport. I've known Ryan Powers for, oh man, since, was, since we were banging heads with him on militia. Yeah. So, yeah, way back, way back, and, and and until two years ago on a scenario game, we'd never played next to each other, and then until last year at World Cup, we'd never been on the field together in a tournament. Um, and, and the fact that we finally got to play a tournament together, he and I were like, heck yeah, let's go do this. Yeah, that was so um, I'm looking forward to 10 man and uh Dallas. Oh man, I love 10 man. Uh 10 man is it's like I mean, it's a tournament, but it feels like practice because it's laid back. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. I, I highly recommend to anybody who just wants to find like a group of people to have fun and hang out with and do cool stuff with, find whatever local organization that kind of does 10 man's. Like I know they have like the I think it's Blue Ridge Mountain Paintball Club in like the Georgia area. There's like Chess Club mm-hmm. in California. Anything that does like 10 man stuff. And if you just want to go play and enjoy yourself and have a good time and kind of ease yourself into the, the tournament scene, as it were, mm-hmm. those are the guys to hook up with. And uh, now that you went to Chess Club, shout out to my boy Donkey. Um, good seeing you a couple weeks ago, brother. Uh, hope to see you later this year. And uh, checkmate. All right. Uh, Let's move on to the actual topic for tonight, packing a gear bag. Now, one thing I talked about in the last episode is you don't have to go out and buy a paintball gear bag because paintball gear bags can get expensive. I um, used a laundry bag last season for a little while. Yeah. It works. Yeah, absolutely, it does. Um, big duffel bags, uh, gear bags from other sports, um, go, gym bags, whatever. You don't have to have the big, massive roller. Does it come in handy? Oh, Yeah. Um, but you don't have to have one of those. Heck, uh, the, the plastic tubs, I've seen people use those, and those are great. Adam uses one of those. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Um, he does. I don't think he knows what's in it, by the way. Now, I don't. We make fun of him for it, but it works. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, we make fun of Adam for everything because he's, he's yeah, Adam. It, it doesn't we matter what him on. He, We would give him something for it, but yeah. Although, if we bring Adam on it, maybe the one and only NC-17 rated episode. Yeah. Anyway, right. um, I'm going to start off with the things that you think about putting in your gear bag. Uh, and, and I know Dirk wants to say one thing at least five times. And let him, say, <laughs> let him say it right now. Batteries, 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 whatever batteries you need, whether they're batteries for your loader, batteries for your gun, 
doesn't matter. If you need batteries for a part, put them in your bag, bring extras. Cause you know what? Other people will forget. So if you have some, you can make sure they don't have a gun that dies on the field. Even if your stuff is changed and fresh. Which reminds me on the battery subject, whether it's a local tournament, a national tournament, a regional tournament, uh, or, or a scenario game, big game, whatever, put fresh batteries in your gun. Never trust a battery meter on your gun. I've never had one read, right? Battery meters are like old Chevrolet uh, gas gauges. They're kind of accurate. Um, I just dated myself, didn't I? Uh, a little bit, a little bit. That's okay, cool. we'll keep going then. Um, but always change out your batteries before an event. And even then, bring spares. Because regardless of where you buy it from, and John always says, buy it from a gas station. I always say, buy it someplace that sells. For some places, it sells a lot of batteries. Whatever. And don't skip. Don't buy the cheap stuff. Yeah, I'm a proponent of buy the expensive batteries. If you buy the, like, discount batteries, you're going to know it. You're going to get what you paid for. Yep. Um, but yeah, bring spares. Always, always have batteries. Um, because there's seen it more times than I have, and I've seen it a lot. The first time, the first thing you check when an electronic gun starts to go stupid, it's the battery. All day. Um, you'll see people field stripping their guns and relooping everything and working on it for an hour, and you're like, have you checked the battery? Well, I just changed it. Okay, have you checked the battery? Yep. And then ah, the heavenly choir sings, and the gun works. Yep. Same thing with loaders, man. Anytime I've ever had like an actual issue with my loader, it was almost always that I needed to change the batteries. Yeah. It, with, with loaders, know what your loader sounds like with fresh batteries. And if it starts not sounding like that, swap the batteries. Yep. Okay. Uh, microfibers. Cloths. And you don't even have to buy the expensive paintball ones because they're just yeah. towels. Yeah, you can go to Walmart, Walmart. Get the big, yeah, the big sack of them, the like 20 pack or whatever, mm -hmm. however many comes in that for not that much money. They're great and they're reusable, but you know what? If you lose them, it doesn't matter. Right. And when you buy them from Walmart or from any department store, buy them from the automotive section. They're the same price and sometimes cheaper and they're higher quality. Oh yeah. hundred <sighs> percent. Let's see. Uh, spare headgear. Especially if you're new, you're going to get shot in the head a lot. Whatever you're rocking, whether it's a beanie, whether it's a ball cap, whether it's a headband, whether it's a, you know, like sandana wrap, anything, like bring an extra one of those. Yeah. Um, I normally have two or three headbands in my bag and probably one or two head wraps every time. Um, because it's they're going to, if it's hot out, it's going to get nasty and smelly and wet. And if you take it off and put it back on, you're not going to feel right. Because there's two things nastier than putting on wet headgear. Um, uh, I'm also just a fan of if you don't have a visor for your goggles, like in case it rains, the R mm -hmm. word that we never say on this or for anything, but in, in case that does happen, uh, bring something like a bucket hat or a ball cap that can go over it. Anything that mm -hmm. can block those holes in your mask, that's part of that spare headgear bit. You want to bring stuff just in case the weather turns on you. Or if it's like, we live in Oklahoma. Um, and today when we started the day, I don't know what the temperature was, but people were complaining that it was cold. And then by the end of the day, it was in the sixties and sunny. If you were wearing a beanie to rock the start of the day, you would have wanted to take it off. So spare headgear means you don't have to roast. Right. 
I don't understand those psychopaths that rock a beanie year round. It just makes no I, sense. I can't wear beanies in the winter when I'm playing. I overheat. Like I just makes the second I start running around and doing stuff, I just start pumping off heat. So, I mean, if you see me wearing a beanie while playing, it's cold. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And again, by midday, I swap to a normal wrap and headband because yeah. I, 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 I can't. Let's see. Oh, um, clean clothes. Yeah. If you I, if you're going to like a travel event, it helps to bring another bag to put clean clothes in. Mm-hmm. But if you're going somewhere close, especially whatever bag you're using has an extra compartment, just shove a change of clothes in there. Right. And and here's my trick for clean clothes. And I, I know you've seen it a hundred times, but I'm gonna tell everybody. So I, I put on my base layer, which is normally uh, some some semblance of, a, of Under Armour hot gear or cold gear, and I'm wearing tights and I'm wearing a, a shirt of some sort. And then over that, I put sweats or a pair of shorts uh, and, and a shirt. That way, I know I have clean clothes with me, um, and I know where they are. I don't have to worry about packing that stuff. And, and whether I'm driving 15 minutes home from our practice field or four hours home from a tournament in Kansas – I want to get into not dirty clothes and I want to get the not sweaty clothes. Um, now, a lot of people will put their dirty stuff into a, like a laundry bag, which is great. Um, however, I'm going to recommend keeping a couple trash bags in your bag. Yeah. I go because, with either like a glad or whatever. Glade, oh yeah. Something, uh, the, something, the drawstring, something strong. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and the reason why I say trash bag, uh it is a couple of reasons uh if it's muddy out uh or if it's been raining you don't want that stuff all over your car and if you put it in a mesh laundry bag it's going to be all over your car uh or inside of your bag uh and secondly if you're driving a, an SUV or uh or a hatchback or or something where the the back of the vehicle is attached to the middle of the vehicle and there's no you know no wall um, you don't want to be smelling air conditioned feet for four hours while driving home. No, don't recommend it. I mean, I'm one of those I, crazy I, people that, uh, you know, drives with the windows down a lot and I still am not on board with the air conditioned foot smell the entire way home. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and not meaning to overshare, but I sweat a lot and I mean a lot and being downwind for me after a hot practice is not recommended. Like I'm pretty sure the CDC has put up advisories on it. <laughs> uh, so uh, another great thing to have in your bag, dude wipes, diaper wipes, whatever. Yep. Wipe as yourself a, down as a little a bit. Dad, uh, I have a plethora of just baby wipe, diaper wipe things, and they mm-hmm. are helpful, man. Just to have absolutely, them. they're great. Uh, you know, whether it's the, the, the big one, they call the dude wipes, shower wipes, or whatever they're called. You know, wipe yourself down a little bit. Because chances are, when you're done, you're going to be going someplace to eat. And chances are, if you're like us, you're going to be wearing a sponsor or your or your local field's t-shirt. Yep. You don't want to funk up the place. All of my shirts are avid shirts. <laughs> I, that, that sounds like a joke, but guys, eh, all of my shirts are from either a sponsor, a previous employer, or some other thing that has sponsored me. Like I have a Game HQ shirt because I played on a sponsored Magic team for them. But all of my shirts are those things. 
You know how hard it is for me to find a non-paintball t-shirt sometimes? I have two. <laughs> um, my wife mocks me for it, and uh, she's right. She's so right. Uh, it's it's bad. Uh, I, I have avid t-shirts so old that John doesn't even have some of them. Right. Um, he won't let me wear my, my second generation one, because you can't read it. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I still have the, uh, the tan one with the old website across the butt. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, somebody tried to steal that one at an event a couple of years ago up at the Northfield. And I'm like, where the hell's my t-shirt? <laughs> and somebody actually turned it into John and he's like, yeah, there's like two people here who would own this shirt. And yep. I thought you were one of them. I'm like, yeah, that's my shirt. <laughs> exactly. Uh, what else? Um, flip-flops, sliders, whatever. Yeah, some kind um, of change of footwear for you. And also yeah. with the spare clothes, this goes in the same thing. Bring extra socks. Just do yeah. it, just in case, whatever. But like, I don't mean one extra pair of socks. I mean, bring two extra pairs of socks because especially super muddy events, super crazy things, a scenario play, whatever. There's a good chance one of those pairs doesn't make it out the way you want it to. So just in case, socks are the thing. Like always have extras to those. I quit buying white socks back in the day because they all had paint stains on them. Yep, mine are all black for the same reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every pair of socks. I, I mean, I've got a couple of some Under Armour brushing socks, but those only get worn for paintball anyway, so I don't really care. Yeah, I have um, some super comfy dye white socks that we got, um, and those are great. But again, I only wear them to play ball in. So yeah, because after a certain number of wearing, they'll never be white again. Yeah, yeah. They're not a bleach. They're just, they're just not. Um, and this is the part where Spencer Sunday of No Film Productions, my partner, uh, rails against pink paint. Yeah. I don't think that's how he wanted to shout out in this episode. No, that's okay. I'll say Spencer took great pictures today. He you did. Should, you he should did. call uh, him if you want pictures taken. Absolutely. No, no film productions. Spencer does, does amazing work. Uh, he was there today. Uh, basically backing up what he'd been saying about helping the, the sport grow. Um, and I have nothing but love for the guy. Uh, and he great photographer, great person. And he loves the sport as much as somebody has been playing twice as long. So, Yep. Great to see him out there today. All right. What else should we think to uh yeah. So something I mean, you put your shoes in, whether yeah, it's a cleat bag or something else. Uh yeah, you need something, even if it's just like a Walmart bag that you can right. tie off and put your shoes in, but you want something mm -hmm. that's gonna cause your shoes are gonna be the grossest part of you. So you want oh, yeah. something to put those shoes in to keep it away from your other stuff for sure uh yeah i was about to say it was just a plastic grocery bag because um and then you know every every fourth fifth wearing throw your cleats in with your gear yep and wash Close them off in the yard something you got to do something to clean those things up yeah um one of our d5 players was about this rather complicated cleat cleaning thing. All he was doing was moving mud around his white cleats. Um, never buy white cleats for paintball. Just, just don't do it. Don't do it. And he was, all he's doing is moving around the mud. I'm like, bro, just throw him in the wash when you get home. And he looks at me completely stone-faced. This is a 30-year-old a, a man. Looks at me straight-faced and says, wait, you can wash shoes? <laughs> yeah, man. I just, if you're going to dry them, don't do it on high heat. It's not good. Uh, yeah, I, I air dry all of mine. Um, 
yeah, that's the, that's the way to do it too. Just because it's also not good for your dryer to dry your shoes. But yeah. if you're gonna do it, just make sure you do it on the lowest heat setting you have. Oh, spare barrel condoms. Oh yeah, that's a good call out. Uh, you're I gonna like lose five. one. You're gonna desk pop. Someone's gonna need one. Yep. Um, you're gonna have to put it over a barrel where you got shot up at the game and you pull it off and it's just nasty. Yep. Yeah, dirt. You've got five. I've probably got that same number in yeah. mine. There's almost um, always five in my bag. Because there, there are certain pieces of gear that if you don't bring it, you're going to end up needing it. Yeah. Um. One of those is is spur barrel condoms. Uh, the other one, barrel swabs. Barrel, barrel swabs. swabs. And and don't just bring one because your team will get theirs um and also once you get one super dirty time to switch it you know probably right. through the day you've had to use it a bunch it's coated in paint new barrel swab man let's go but i can assure you if you i can almost guarantee you if you step onto the field without a barrel swab you're going to need it yeah you're gonna that's that's the you're gonna break paint <laughs> you're gonna break paint um Extra tanko rings. Extra tanko rings are always good. Uh, not, no, you don't have to bring a whole rebuild kit for your whole gun, right? But tanko rings. Those are the yeah. ones that go out the most, right? They don't go out as much as they used to because everybody's on an on-off now and everybody's on-off yeah. will we'll, we'll degas. But those still go out often. Um, and, and sometimes someone else will need one. Um, Allen keys. Allen keys for sure. That's one of the things I was going to mention is you really need... A full set of keys just in case, but make sure you know what is your velocity key and bring an extra one of those because someone will ask to borrow it and then they won't bring it back. Yeah. So just make sure you bring just an extra, like if you need a PE key or if you need a Lux key, make sure you know which one it is. Like the most people on your team, bring an extra one of that specific size if you can. Mm-hmm. I'm bringing like two kits. Um, uh, several of our guys last year had them um, on their barrel condoms. Uh, yeah. Dive makes a great barrel condom that holds two, comes with two Allen keys. Um, it's 15 bucks, so it's pricey for a barrel condom, but it's a great barrel condom, and you got your keys right there. Um, so, yeah, uh, Allen's uh, and, and Dirt says, like Dirt said, bring spares. Um, I, I remember back in the day going places like, like Harbor Freight or, or something of that ilk and buying 10 or 15 of the same Allen key for 25 cents a piece or whatever. And, and having those stashed in my bag because you know that was going to disappear. Oh yeah. But it's, it's better a- than having your nice set that you you know your whether it's your eclipse set or your die set or, or or some nice set you got from wherever, and losing one of the nice ones. You know, yep. treat it like a ten millimeter socket and just assume you're going to need spares. Yeah, I was going to say the exact same thing about ten millimeter <laughs> socket. That is what always happens to mine. I'm just like, hey, this PE key just always wanders off because our our DSR plus is also used the PE uh, key for velocity, so that's the one that just walks off. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Well, I, I, I keep I keep taking your ideas, so <laughs> throw another one out there. Oh, uh, man. Uh, I will say, like, as someone who is routinely thrust in the role of team mom, um, where I am bringing things I have, or I might not need, but I'm making sure other people have stuff, like electrical tape. That's a thing I always try and bring because somebody is going to have a piece of gear that's not working right, needs to get wrapped, need to wrap a barrel in case the R word happens. 
uh, anything like that. So you want like electrical tape, you want rain lids. If you have multiple rain lids, bring multiple rain lids. Don't just bring your rain lid, bring rain lids for other people because people forget rain lids exist. Or as we Uh, used to call them lids. Yeah. Actual lids. Um, Hey man, I got one of the first generation speed feeds with the weird fork doodads back in the day. And then I was like, lids are dead. (laughs) Who needs those? I have one of those laying around here somewhere. It, it's crazy how rudimentary that thing is and how game-changing it was. Oh, yeah. I had one on like, my... All of a sudden, damage could reload 20, sec- or 20 times faster than anybody else could. It, it, it changed the game. Yep. It's crazy. Um, yeah, once we did those, lids became a thing of the past. But you know what? When it rains, have lids, man. They're really important. Absolutely. Um. I'm a fan of always bringing some kind of writing implement and something like, even if it's just a little notebook with a pen, if it's a whiteboard thing with a marker, whatever it is, bring something because I guarantee you, you're going to have to write something down for some reason, whether it's keeping like paint tab, whether it's checking to make sure all your boys are in one place and girls, whether it's to make sure that you know, you know, the, the lines, if you're playing an Mm -hmm. event or even if, it, if you're playing like a scenario or something, you want to make sure you know like what your goal or what your objective is, especially if you're playing as a squad and you're getting sent to like do things, write stuff down. You can, uh, when you're doing like scenarios and you're like staging out in the parking lot, cause you know, everybody puts your pop-ups up, gets all your lawn chairs, uh, write down what, where you guys are going and what you're doing and put it on mm-hmm. the cooler. So that way, if somebody goes back to grab something to drink or they need batteries or they need paint or they need to go to the bathroom, uh, they will see where the squad is going, like what their main objective is. So then they mm-hmm. will have to wander around the woods lost by themselves. Absolutely. All right. Uh, I'm, I'm going to call you out on this next one. Oh, yeah. I'm ready for it. Cleats. Yeah. Put your shoes in your bag. Cleats. Don't put them in your trunk and then get in your friend's car because he's driving you to the event and then not have cleats. That's what happened to me. So. Yeah. Um, and before anybody asks, uh, you can't get two paintball players to agree on what type of cleats to wear. Right. Some guys like track spikes. Some guys like football cleats. Some like soccer cleats, some like lacrosse cleats. I'm a fan um, of rugby cleats, just for the record. Great. Uh, which are soccer cleats, but, you know, manly. Yeah. Um, yeah. For all the soccer players out there. Yeah, I said it. Um, wear what, what you're used to, what you like, what fits. Um, uh, whatever you and- don't follow my example and then just wear chucks. That's probably a bad idea. Don't do that. Yeah. Wear cleats. Yeah. And you, and you only brought your good chucks to that event. Yep. They were no longer my good chucks after that event. No, no, they, they weren't. Uh, let's see. What have we missed? What have we missed? Oh, if you can spare goggle lens. Ooh, that's a good call. Out. Especially if you, if you rock tinted, bring a clear. If you right. rock clear, bring a tinted. Like whatever your default is, try and bring the other one. Mm-hmm. Know um, where you're playing be- to, because right. like if you're on indoor, bring a yellow if you can, or make sure you have a clear. 
Luckily, HD lenses fix a lot of that. Uh, they're a little more expensive, but you don't have to carry as many spares. So if you're rocking HDs, you're probably fine. Um, but if you're rocking, you know, really dark lenses and the sun goes away, you're going to be in the parking lot because you can't play. Uh, so something like that, bring, bring spare lenses. Um, you know, I think that's really all I can think of. I mean, the, the basics are there, right? The stuff you're going to play in, um, it's not for your gear bag, but I'm a fan of always bringing snacks. Oh, um, sure. Just for anything. You don't necessarily have to put that in your gear bag, but I often do. Like, I'll have emergency snacks in my gear bag mm-hmm. or things like that because uh, it's so easy to just forget to eat. You're out there. You're having fun. You're doing whatever. Just make sure you got snacks. Uh, or you eat breakfast and forget that you're playing for seven hours. You know? Yeah. Small snacks throughout the day. Whatever you, your your preferred quick snack of choice is, uh, just bring, bring some of those. Stuff them in your gear bag. That way, too, if you, you know, lose your regular big thing of snacks or you forget or everybody takes all of them, whatever happens, you've got some snacks in your bag. Uh, You obviously want something with a wrapper or something easy to contain, but like a bag of nuts, you know, cliff bar, thing of beef jerky, whatever it is that's your thing for your snack. Just throw some of that in your bag just in case. Um, Yeah, ibuprofen, Advil, Tylenol, whatever. Oh, yeah. and anti-inflammatory, uh, especially if you're oh, pushing yeah. 30 guys, it helps <laughs> just take it before, take it after I say this and I never do it, but everybody learned from my mistakes. You want your ankles to not like pop and feel awful in the morning. You want your knees to not ache when you're done playing when you're over 30 and you're throwing your body at the ground or doing whatever it, you feel it the next day. You can mitigate a lot of that by taking Advil before you play. Yep. Um, and I've got to say, uh, I'm surprised Dirt's back is as good as it is because he carried my ass for several seasons. <laughs> Man, I'll tell you what, it's not as good as I want it to be. That's for sure. <laughs> I'm going to feel it tomorrow. And all I did was stand around and yell at people. Today. Oh, yeah. The proper shoes are so important. Uh, I, I wore the wrong pair of shoes to the last uh, Young Bucks practice because I didn't realize I was going to be standing so much. By the end of the day, my, my back was like, bruh. Oh. Um, yeah. And then I had to get into the Camaro, my, my, you know, which you don't drive one of those, you wear it. Yeah. I um, coached for the D3 guys one time. I was the, I was calling plays and doing pod running and all I had was flip-flops. And the next day I felt it. <laughs> oh, I think I'd want to die. It was bad. So, my feet are <sighs> basically Chuck Taylor's at this point. So anything that's not those, I just, they don't know what's at. They're like, what's going on? All right, so I think that's everything I could think of, and then some, uh, for for what to take with you. Oh, oh, to go back to the snacks point, Um, very important, because you're probably going to be playing with a group of friends or a team. Before you buy snacks, ask people what they like. And And most importantly, thank you. Find out if there's any allergies. Um, we got to play on the bucks. He's allergic to peanuts. And every time I gave him a hard time because I don't buy peanut snacks usually because I want to make sure he doesn't grab anything that has peanuts. And I jokingly give him a hard time about it. But honestly it is, I absolutely do not want him to have any problems while we're playing. Right. Right. Um, Oh, and if you're going with a group, figure out who's grabbing the water. Cause there's nothing worse than going to a paintball field. That's 20 minutes away from civilization. And nobody brought any water. 
Oh yeah. Even at gas station prices, it ain't that expensive. Just coordinate ahead of time. It's very important. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Dirk, what are your final thoughts? Uh, for, I will say for gear bags, the most important thing is whatever you're using, whatever you have, uh, make sure it fits all your stuff. You don't want straggler items. And what by that, I mean, is if you have a gear bag, but your like shoes and your loader and something else don't fit in it. So you have to bring those in a separate bag and you forget that bag you're going to have a bad time. So however you set your system up, make sure it's all in one place. The worst thing is to piecemeal yourself and to lose stuff at, at any kind of event. Because if you don't have your equipment, you can't play. And so for sure, the fundamentals of having good stuff in your bag is making sure to have all of your things in one easy to access place, whatever those things may be. And I realized the thing we forgot, snow fairies, snow fairies, snow fairies, baby powder, guys. Oh, bad no, I for oh, we forgot snow fairies. Because oh, it's when God. it's it's not hot right now in Oklahoma, right? but when it's hot, you want to cut down the rub. Yeah, but I should have done. Uh, chafing I socks. Just looked up the old like I think it was Trauma Head or might have been Jawbreaker, where they had uh, Catfish Kevin Garcia do a gear bag breakdown. I should just said everything he had in his bag. That's that's it. Yeah, and there's a lot of great. What's in my gear bag videos on YouTube? Oh, yeah. Uh, watch some, right? Because they're going to have stuff we didn't mention. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, a lot of people put things in their bags in a very specific order so they know where everything is. Mm-hmm. Um, I, alphabet, I alphabetize all my gear. It's all under G for gear. Yeah. Right. I, I'm one of those people who I try and put my stuff in the places it's supposed to go in the bag when I'm preparing for the tournament. And then after the tournament, everything gets thrown where it'll fit. Because at the end of the day, I don't care. But um, like if you got electrical tape, athletic tape, any of those things, like whatever you got, put them all in places that you obviously know where they are and where your things are. But don't be bothered as long as it's in your bag. Right. Or but you want to have some sort of system, system for you. Yeah. Whatever because system at some you point, got. you're going to say to a teammate or a friend, hey, grab such and such. It's in X pocket. Don't be like me where it looks like a bomb went off inside the gear bag. And the only people who could find things in that gear bag are me and probably Dart because he's been in my gear bag a couple of thousand times. That's true. Yeah. But ultimately, uh, you know, you have to find whatever setup of stuff works for you. Absolutely. But the minute you get to an event and have that thought of, man, I wish I had this. You will, I, I say hopefully, but you will know, put that in my gear bag from now on. It is growing and it is a process. If you forget things, it sucks. It's funny. Sometimes you have a running joke about me not having shoes in an event. Uh, I thought Jake was going to let me play barefoot. That would have been great. But I learned I have not ever forgotten my shoes since then. So, you know, that's the thing is if you forget something and you realize how badly you need it, it goes on the gear bag checklist. I mean, that's what my checklist was today was stuff I have forgotten before and then realized Mm -hmm. I needed yeah, I used to have a written out checklist when I first started. Now it's in my head. Um, I, I am going to give one caveat to your whole make sure everything fits. The exception to that is goggles. Goggles are expensive. Lenses are more expensive. Buy a goggle bag. That's a or a lot of goggles come with a, a drawstring type bag. But yeah. unless you're flying somewhere, you don't want that riding around the rest of your stuff. Yeah. My so if that doesn't fit in your bag, that's not a problem. So 
that 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 is my why i guess i didn't think of that because my gear bag has a specific pocket for goggles so ah, that's okay. where you go yeah i got one of them fancy nxe gear bags from 15 years ago those are so badass <laughs> so. all right any other final thoughts about this whole thing or paintball in general man go play paintball it's a lot of fun i love it uh everybody should love it it's great have fun find cool people be friends with folks be nice i don't know what to tell you like that's that's the most simple thing i can say is go have fun play paintball it is one of the best games ever invented by anyone who's ever lived um and i have been playing it for so long and met so many great people like almost all of my friends in my life now are from paintball at one point or another they may not still play they may not uh, be in plugged into the sport in any way. They don't have to be guys I'm on a team with. They don't have to be whatever, but all of those people that I can turn to and count on in my life probably came from paintball because it is full of amazing and wonderful people and they make this sport awesome. So go play and meet those people and have a good time. They missed better than my plan to close. Uh, I got to say to, to Dirt's point about, about lifelong friends from paintball, I get in trouble because she's in the room. One of my favorite pictures from my wedding is the fabulous team pick. That was great. Uh, knowing that you guys backed out of a tournament that you'd already paid for to come to my wedding. When I had told you to go play the damned event, um, I, I I can't ever thank anybody enough for that. You know, and the fact that the whole team was there, uh, and we had to do the picture twice because somebody else showed up late. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that is one of my one of my favorite pictures from the wedding. That and of course any of them that include my wife as well. Uh, <laughs> my lovely wife Cassandra, who says I'm very very happily married. Um, all right, time for my summation. Uh, gear bag stuff. Watch videos. Figure out what you need. Not everybody's going to have the same stuff in your gear bag. Uh, talk to an old head. Find out what they carry because they're going to be carrying stuff we haven't thought about. Oh, one thing you forgot to mention, lube. Oh, I yeah, don't care if it's Dow 33, Sleek, Buy Lube, Hater Sauce, whatever, right? Something Dow 33 based, have some in your bag. 100%. Um, because if you don't need it, somebody else will. This is one of those things that's really tough for us, I want to say, because our gear bags have been made for so long that even when it's like, oh, it's time to get a new gear bag, we just take all the stuff that's in the old one and put it in the new one. And we don't have to think about it being there because it's all in there. The only time we think about it is when we run out of that thing. We're like, oh, I need to get, I need to buy new lube. Like my, my tube's almost empty or whatever. And then, right. oh, uh, I just got to make sure when I wash some of my stuff that it goes back in the bag. Mm -hmm. I, I haven't had to actually build a gear bag. Like what goes in one in many, many, many years. Right. When I switched from my reds to the Eclipse I've got now, uh, I don't think I rearranged the Eclipse. It's the first time I moved everything over. Uh, and there are things that have been in there almost the whole time. Uh, like I just used up two Ninja tank rebuild kits or, or reg rebuild kits that I've had in my bag for six, seven years. Yeah. I destroy uh, gear bags, but like I went from an Empire bag to like an Eclipse bag to God, I don't even remember what bag to an HK bag to a, a laundry bag for a while to my NXE bag and everything just kept moving over. And that was over like a, a nine year or Maybe it was eight, seven or eight year break in the game. All my stuff just picked up out of one bag, went into the new bag. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right. So uh, 
the rest of the conversation, uh, get out there, have fun, make friends. If you're an old head, reach one, right? Find somebody on the field that that's new or, or learning and help them out. Watching that light bulb go on for a new player is a magical moment. Share the love. Um, 99% of us aren't making money off this thing. 99% of us are losing money on this thing. Um, so enjoy yourself, grow the sport, give the same energy back you get, make it positive. To quote my, my good friend Ryan Sexton, don't be a beanbag. And just make everything around you better. Make everyone around you better. Make the field a welcoming place, uh, especially if you're a regular, um, because it's our job as longtime players or, or as intermediate players to keep this thing going. Um, somebody helped us. Now we are returning the favor. Um, we're not paying it forward. We're paying it back. So just keep the positivity going, keep the love going and, and make sure you're doing what you can to build the family atmosphere and to build the fellowship of paintball. Because as we say at one step paintball, there is no next. <laughs>